0: Infotrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting.
1: In the past, as young people matured, they typically turned away from vices such as drug abuse. But the opposite may be happening with baby boomers. Research shows drug abuse among older Americans is skyrocketing. With the story, Infotrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. We hear stories almost every day about the unprecedented epidemic of opioid addiction. And now, a new book says people convicted for drug-related charges make up the largest portion of the U.S. prison population. It says some countries experimenting with what's called more humane ways to handle drug offenders provide evidence that prevention, education, and treatment can work without throwing people in jail. Here now to explain is Miriam Boeri. Associate Professor of Sociology at Bentley University, and author of Hurt, Chronicles of the Drug War Generation. You chronicled 38 people in Atlanta or its suburbs, all baby boomers, who used hard drugs in the previous 10 years, such as heroin or other opioids, cocaine or methamphetamines, and you looked at their lives against the backdrop of race, gender, and class— Your book says that the dominant current approach assumes that drug addiction is just a disease or moral breach or character flaw and that the individual's drug use is the problem. But you believe you write, quote, the social contract that held society together is broken. That is the problem. Explain that.
0: I'd like to explain it in terms of a theory that was used for many years to better understand drug use. And in 1962, a researcher named Charles Winnick studied people who used narcotics, and he found out that most people mature out of heroin use and other narcotics by the age of 36. And this theory was really supported throughout the uh, 50s and 60s and into the 70s. Now what happened was in 1971, Nixon declared a war on drugs, but that really intensified in the 1980s, and it focused on poor people mainly and minorities. And in the year 2000, we found out that older adults who were always maturing out of drug use by the age of about 36, they were no longer maturing out. In fact, older adults who were using drugs was the fastest growing age group of drug users and so for that reason I interviewed people who were baby boomers that means they were born between 1946 and 64 and they were using drugs after the age of 35 so when I interviewed them they were between the ages of 45 and 65 and what I found out is that the consequences of the war on drugs prevented them from maturing out of drug use because they were not able to assume the adult roles that we all assume in a typical life course, such as getting married, having children, raising a family, having employment, preparing for retirement. They could not do this because most of them had a drug record through criminal justice or they had a record through being in and out of treatment. So really what we're talking about here is the factors to boil it down,
1: trauma, poverty, alienation, loss of hope for a better life because they were pigeonholed.
0: They were, yes. And actually some of the people started using drugs to address or deal with something that happened in their life, either as a child or a young adult. And they would use drugs because there wasn't other coping mechanisms that they learned yet. Most adults eventually they learn a coping mechanism besides using drugs, but what we did with the war on drugs was we kept giving them more pain and more problems in their life that they weren't able to ever learn the coping mechanisms. For example, some people told me that they had abuse in their early childhood and a lot of this was sexual abuse or physical abuse. Many people do have abuse in their childhood and learn to cope with that or they get treatment or they get some help. But the people that I talked with were using drugs to address that and then when they were caught with drugs, instead of addressing why they were using drugs to begin with, we either put them in prison or jail or we sent them to treatment. And now they became someone that was known as a recovering drug user, where the actual issues that they were using drugs for were never addressed. And I'm sure some of our listeners are wondering, does the
1: individual drug user bear
0: any blame in your view? You know, I'm glad you asked that question because everybody that I talked to, literally everyone blamed themselves and they would go in and out of treatment. And they would say, I am an addict, it's my fault, I have to change, nobody else can change but me. And then when they relapsed, which they all did, they would all say, well, I haven't reached my rock bottom yet. So they all blamed themselves. But when I looked at their life stories, you could see that there were many turning points in their life. that led into a life of pain and suffering, and they were using drugs to address that. We're visiting with Associate Professor Miriam
1: Boeri of Bentley University, author of Hurt, Chronicles of the Drug War Generation. Professor, you say in your book that in 2000, Portugal had one of the worst drug problems in the world and then changed policies, and afterward, drug use went down. If you can summarize, what did they do?
0: They completely took any kind of policy regarding drug use out of the criminal justice system. They no longer were in charge of that. And they started a new system, which they named the Commission of Dissuasion. They would be composed of people that were perhaps experts in mental health, perhaps in drug recovery, but also people from the community. And so when a person had a problem with drug use, and they wouldn't be sent to the dissuasion committee unless there was a problem. So many people that might be using in their homes and didn't cause a problem did not have to go to the dissuasion committee. But if they had a problem, they would go to the dissuasion committee and the committee members would listen to their story, listen to what's going on in their life, and try to find a solution that fit that person's life. Never was it going to jail. If they needed treatment, they would go to a treatment that was targeted for their particular drug or their particular situation, but some of the people didn't need treatment. They needed a job, they needed help with family problems or mental health problems that they needed help with. One of the factors, as I recall, is that people did not get a
1: drug offense record was one of the factors. Do you favor the U.S. going to a system with people convicted of drug crimes having no criminal record for their drug offense?
0: Well, that depends on the crime, really. If you're considering that drug use is a crime, then yes, that should not be called a crime. If you're using drugs and not hurting anybody, then that's not a crime. But many people that use drugs because they cannot get jobs because they have a criminal record, now they have a difficult time supporting themselves. And so there's usually three things they can do. Rob other people or houses, or they can deal drugs or they can somehow use their body to obtain money for drugs. So all of these are considered crimes. What I found out with the people I interviewed is that they were ostracized from mainstream society, number one, by being known as a drug user, and number two, by having a criminal record. For example, my brother was also a heroin user. When he got out of being in juvenile delinquency home, he didn't have any friends but other people that had been involved in crime. And eventually, he could not get work either because of his criminal record. So he was always in and out of jail and in and out of using drugs.
1: Do you have any future plans to help people who've been addicted to drugs?
0: I am starting an organization to help people find other ways to address their drug problems. A website, socialrecoveryinc.org. Excellent. Miriam Bowery,
1: Associate Professor of Sociology at Bentley University and author of Hurt, Chronicles of the Drug War Generation. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco.
0: You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.